My name is Janet Lewis. For those of you who don't know me, I'm an entrepreneur and business owner. I own orangefish.ca, which is an e-commerce business that features products that will help you look or feel good, whether you're working out or just hanging out. Last year, I spoke to a group of entrepreneurs about the importance of identifying their superpower. So what is a superpower? It is a task or activity you do that you may or may not be good at, but it actually gives you energy. You want to be able to identify your superpower so you can tap into them every day. And on the flip side, also make sure you're not stuck doing tasks or activities that totally drain you. I believe that people who have been able to identify their superpower tend to be happier in life. And so I've decided to do a little experiment. I want to talk to people who have truly found their passion and explore their journey. In the podcast, I'll be interviewing people who are super passionate about what they do. These are the people who have found their purpose. So why am I doing this? I want to see if there are any consistencies in discovering one's path. How did these people discover what they should be doing? And how have they been able to turn it into a business or a career that makes sense for them? We are going to be talking about their journey, how and why they made the choices they did, what drives them, how to take the leap, making changes, and maybe even how to be happy. This is episode five of the Janet Lewis podcast. Uh, Today, we are talking with Kim Turley-Smith, a fitness entrepreneur who is all about the power of positive thinking. Uh, Kim started out as a CrossFit trainer years ago and then founded a company called Tilly, which designs inspirational headbands and bodywear. Uh, Plus, she runs two amazing programs, Mighty Girls and Fall Fit Fitness Weekend for Women. And if she doesn't have enough on her plate, uh, this year she added Spring Fit, which is a fitness getaway to Mexico. And I'm super excited to talk to Kim today. So Kim, welcome and thank you for saying yes to being on the podcast and for your time today. Oh, thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Oh, me too. <laughs> we always I say we're going to get together and chat. We never do. <laughs> so this is awesome. Now we're going to record yeah. it. Uh, so Kim and I met last year at the Outdoor Adventure Show in Toronto. Uh, she stopped by the Orange Fish booth to chat. And one of the first things that struck me was her big, bright smile. This is a woman who has so much energy and enthusiasm. It is insane. Uh, She just exudes joy and positive energy. I immediately liked her and thought, I want to get to know her better. (laughs) And we went on to discuss how I'd love to carry her products on Orange Fish. Uh, Since then, I've attended two of the Fall Fit events, and I have to say they are amazing. It's such a great weekend getaway. And Kim knows what women want. They're shopping, wine, fitness, laughter, inspirational speakers, and stories that tug at your heartstrings. You walk away from this weekend feeling grateful, refreshed, and most importantly, ready to take on the world. So Kim, before we get started about your history, (laughs) the first question I have to ask you is, in your life, have you always been so positive or is this something that came to you a little bit later? Oh, that's a good question. I know the answer. I have always been this this way. Um, I think I think I learned at a young age that life could be hard for different reasons, um, both in my childhood and in my young adulthood. And I'm just grateful for every day and um, even just small things. I've always been that way. I did get um, that enthusiasm from my dad. Yeah. Uh, he had it. He they said the same things about him when he was alive. <laughs> And, and I am very much the same way. So um, we enjoy humans. Uh, we love life. Like I always say, we're, we were like life enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, and I think gratefulness has a huge, plays a huge part in that. Because if you're grateful, then how can you not be joyful yes. about life? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also too probably about putting everything in perspective, right? Yes. So even if something comes across that other could, others could perceive as a major issue, do you probably look at it and say... How big of a problem is this, really? I'm very much that way. Um, I'll, I'll sometimes say, you know, in a hundred years, will this matter? And most often, the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> so finding the joy in the little things, and um, obviously, you know, doing what you're passionate about that makes me happy too. Um, and and again, my businesses are really focused on well, women. You're right. Yeah. And um, I just want women to be enthusiastic about life. And I think if we if we can make women stronger and have a better outlook and grateful and more joyful about life, I think the earth heals a little bit because we take care of everyone else. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know. I love that. And I think like part of the reason why I started doing this podcast 
is because I wanted um, to explore the possibilities of people finding what I call their superpower, which their superpower is really about doing something that gives them energy instead of things that take their energy away. And a lot of the times people get into jobs or situations where they actually have energy taken away from them. So a good example of that is people who decide to teach for the wrong reasons. So they're teaching because they want summers off or they want the pension, but you know, maybe deep down inside they don't like being around kids. So why are they putting themselves in that environment when your work life takes up a huge majority of your day? And then the end result is they're not happy, they complain, and they actually end up not being as successful as they could. That's true. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, I see that all the time in women, for yeah. sure. Now, I'm lucky because um, my husband has kind of the steady job, uh, which he loves, by the way. So, <laughs> so he's lucky there, and he always says, oh, you get to go create. Um, so I really made a decision um, in my kind of when I was having babies, that when I do go back to work, it's going to be something I love and it's absolutely non-negotiable, whatever right. it is. And um, I just, I was just always been committed to that and I still am. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Um, and that makes it authentic and that means it's going to work out yeah. uh, regardless, for good, or, for good or for bad. So I'm lucky that way that, yes, 100%. It, I mean, of course not every day. You know, you can't say, oh, you love your job every day. Um, I mean, I do love it most days, um, but there's the good and the bad, but you just, if you do kind of what you believe in, it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. And that's kind of, I did make that commitment to myself in my mid twenties and, and I'm still doing it and I, and I don't ever have to have it figured out. So I don't know what the next five years will bring, but I don't have to figure it out. It'll happen anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So after you had babies, you decided to be a CrossFit trainer. Yes. So how did that happen? That's, a, yeah. So, um... So I stayed home with the kids for about six years till all three of them were in school and CrossFit kind of found me, I think, because um, I was, I was okay, I was training pretty hard personally to get back into shape after three kids. So I was running marathons and I did a half Ironman and I was kind of uh, searching for something outside my comfort zone and play out there a little while and CrossFit was definitely kind of the next level for me. It challenged me. It definitely brought me to uh, the highest level of fitness that I ever had. Uh, and I fell in love with the philosophy, yeah. basically. So um, under a couple of mentors, I became a coach, uh, studied movement, fell in love with movement, and I coached hundreds of newbies uh, in Milton, <laughs> Ontario at, at the place where I started. And um, it's my favorite thing to this day to coach the newbies because CrossFit is hard. Yeah. I and love it, but it is hard. It is yeah. hard. But that's kind of just kind of the... The, the given. Okay, it's hard, so what do we do about it? But I always say, you know, life can be hard. So if you train that way inside the walls of a gym, what does that mean for your life outside the walls of the gym where all the important stuff happens with work and friends and family? So um, what I noticed in my own community was uh, all these women, particularly, I was attracted more to the women's story. And I mean, sorry guys, but I'm a woman, <laughs> so I, I just feel like that was natural for me. And I was watching all these women turn around after... Uh, experimenting with CrossFit and falling in love with it is that okay they were getting in better shape they were looking better not important but what they were doing was they were becoming better colleagues better moms better wives better community members better neighbors and I thought if we could get more people CrossFitting or playing around with this idea of comfort zone and throwing that into your life then then this community would be amazing my right. own small community so I, I focused obviously on that for a couple of years and um, I still love it. I still love it. It definitely has a certain place in my life now that's different than in when I was younger um, in terms of competition and sure. all that stuff. But Did uh, you compete? I the... did. Oh, you for did? For a while, yes. Yeah. So I think it was probably my mid-30s. And I loved it. I, yeah. I did. But I, I think it's it's evolved. Even CrossFit itself has evolved oh, for sure. over the past decade, right? So, yeah, it's evolved uh, my feelings about the philosophy have evolved, but I think deepened in, in, in added dimensions. Like, you know, there's room for, there's more room for failure and there's more room for um, maybe not being your best every day and that that's okay. And, and um, I, yeah. Ah, I yeah. see. Because when you're younger, you could not fail. Yeah, like it, you were just getting better and better and better and better and uh, all the time. And the, the improvements were fast and they were, they were so noticeable. And then, you know, 
when you hit 40, um, <laughs> I've noticed a huge change physically, but I've also made more room in my life for mindfulness and that's created a total different dimension. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you said that because um, before we started recording, I was talking about how I used to track all my fitness activities in a spreadsheet, bring the spreadsheet to the gym and always monitor like how did that set go? Should I be increasing my weight the next time? Should I be increasing my reps? Yeah. And I had this little system all worked out that I always followed. And then the last couple of years, I haven't done that. Yes. But I noticed a huge difference. Yes. But I also agree with you about the mindfulness piece. Yeah. Because it's like, now my mentality is I don't have to be the best. I don't have to be the strongest. I don't have to be the fastest. You know what I need to do? I need to go to the gym every day. That's it. I need yeah. to be active every day. Yeah. Tick the box. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I had this uh, trainer at my gym ask me, so what are you training for? And I'm like, dude, I'm training for life. Exactly. <laughs> I say that too. That's true. hundred percent. Yeah. Someone asked me that once. My kids play hockey and I was, you know, we travel for tournaments and I was in a, a gym in London, Ontario, I think. And I was doing a workout with clean and jerks and something, Olympic lifting. Right. Yeah. And someone said, what are you training for? It's exactly the first words out of my mouth was life. Man. Life. I want to be able to walk when I'm old. Exactly. 100%. That's a goal. And that's a good goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you are um, training at the CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And then how did you come up with the idea for Tilly? Okay. So um, the fitness weekend came first, actually. Oh, did it really? It did. Okay. Yes. So Fall Fit Women's Weekend came first. And um, actually, it was because I needed it. So I actually spent a couple of years uh, coaching at CrossFit morning, noon, and night, and probably had about a year where it was too much. Looking back, I fell in love with it. I was trying to change lives. I was trying to, you know, spread the word. Um, And I definitely, there was a, there was a moment when um, I realized that I hadn't tucked my kids in for the last two weeks. Oh, wow. You know, Um, the bedtime story was out the window because I was at the gym training till too late and I didn't like it. I thought, nope, that's not what I want to be, you know, the mom first, and then definitely uh, a job that I love, uh, creating something that I love second. And so I decided to step back a little bit and found more balance. And that was good, but I was a little burnt out and I needed a break. So I just needed to clear my head. And so I wanted to create something where I could get away. And at that point in my life, what I needed was a weekend of wine, of working out like crazy, like working out all weekend and my best girlfriends and nature. So I knew of a camp that I had gone to and so had my kids and I knew you could rent it. So I thought, what if I invite all my favorite women and and we go and we do this? Uh, So I asked them and then they said, well, I'd like to bring my favorite women and I'd like to bring my favorite and it just kind of grew. So then I said to the camp, can I rent the place? And, you know, I had invited 10 women, but it turned out the first year fall fit, we had 130 women and I did not get my weekend away because I was working at it. <laughs> no, I was like, you're looking for a break and then look what you've created. Yes. So what I noticed was, I guess other women needed it too. And back then it was more of a hard, I mean, I was younger then too, right? So it was more of a hardcore weekend, fit in all your, you know, your friend conversations, your friend connections, you know, let loose partying around the campfire and working out like a dog all day. And it's definitely evolved from that because what I realize now is that every woman needs something different. Yeah. Um, but over the years, women would express to me in the CrossFit gym and then at, at Fall Fit, you know, how overwhelmed they are, how they feel like they're juggling too many balls, how, you know, if they drop one, the whole thing's just going to go you know, to hell in a handbag. And and it was just over and over again, this sense of overwhelm and crazy lifestyle. And, and I just wondered, you know, okay, well, obviously we need a break. So we need to create this. So fall fit kind of was born and, and it ran for about three or four years. And then what I realized was, um, I was sending women home inspired yes. and pumped about their life. And they had all these great plans um, to commit to whatever it was, either their family, their job, a, a new business, what themselves, their fitness. And what they were saying was, yeah, great. I walk in the front door. My house is a mess. The kids haven't done their homework. Uh, there's no lunches made. And there goes all that inspiration. So I wanted a way to inspire them every day. Oh, interesting. That could remind, they could have something in their hand that could remind them of, you know, 
the potential inside or uh, even just to take a deep breath. So that's where the designs of Tilly started to pop up in my head. So the woman that needed that kick-ass uh, message to, to go do whatever she wanted to plant, the woman that needs the deep breath, that's the Marianne Tilly. So the designs were in my head for about a year and a half and I would talk about them before my husband and I would fall asleep. Like it was all organized in my head. It was, it was up there, yeah. but it was absolutely nowhere else. One night he just, cause I'm not a risk taker. I'm really not a risk taker. And I know, you know, you said that to me at the last fall fit and I thought, what is she talking about? Yeah. I don't see myself as a risk taker at all. Like if you saw our RESPs, it's like, yeah, you know, but, low risk. But, but you are, um, like to organize an event like that. So it grew the first year was 120 women. Yeah. Okay. So first year organizing an event like that, 120 women, that's a pretty high risk. Yeah. I didn't see it as such. I didn't see, I've never seen any of the businesses I've created as a risk because it has to be, it's really coming from a very natural, authentic place. Right every time or I really wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I sat on Tilly for a year and a half, maybe two years. Before you finally did it. Yeah, my husband rolled over and said, just order the goddamn Tillys, right? <laughs> like, I, the designs were the designs were in my head, the, the, the logo was in my head, um, everything. I had the definition of what Tilly, what it means to be a Tilly woman. Um, and, and so <laughs> the next day, I remember like pressing the go button. Yeah. And it's not like I needed his approval, but it was already existing, so it needed to exist, like in real life. <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah. And the product itself gets rave reviews. Like, people love the stories on them or the sayings that are on them. Yeah. And so it's interesting to hear the story behind how they actually got created. Yeah. Because you, initially, the ones you created were around different girlfriends in your life, right? Yeah. So I, I realized, you know, I wanted to honor every woman. So the woman that really needs to slow down and take a deep breath, like I said, that's the Marianne Tilly. And there's a little blurb about who Marianne is. And then... You know, there's the, there's the, um, Billy Tilly, which is, I got this and that's your kick-ass, uh, sentiment or my, or mantra and the whole story behind that. Um, and then there was a few others that were inspired by real women that I know, uh, and some who I, I know well and others who I really don't know at all. Uh, the Colleen Tilly was inspired by a woman that I knew that was going through breast cancer yep. who I really admired. I don't know her that well. And I watched her through her journey from afar, uh, because I didn't know her that well, but I see her in my community all the time. And I pulled for her secretly because she was a, t a woman that didn't want to share her journey. Right. So she wasn't uh, talking about what she was going through, but we all knew what she was going through. Sure, of course. So I just kind of, that was my way of honoring her. Um, yeah, so they're all they're all a little different, and uh, they all have a different kind of dimension to them. Yeah, I love yeah. them, and they do get like rave reviews from people at shows, yeah. and even even at Fall Fit Weekend, people are like, "What's the Tilly gonna look like?" Because yes. it goes in all the swag bags. Yes, right? yeah, it, I like it because um, I mean, I have dreams of it. Like, I would love if every woman that gets diagnosed with cancer gets to pick her own mantra for the journey, right? Or something. Sure. I mean, there's all these things. Uh, no sense of urgency for them. It's just. Yeah, I really want, you know, I, I, I guess it's just because of working with so many women over the years. Like sometimes I can sense in the morning, I'm like, oh, I can feel it. They're all out there. They're running their 5Ks. They're, they're folding laundry. They're having a shit day. They're, <laughs> like I can sense it and I just want them to know, um, you know, on the good and the bad that they can get through it all. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it's funny because, you know, the unfortunate thing is... Um, Sometimes there are certain people, and I'm not going to say just women, but there are certain people who have challenges occur in their life. And instead of seeing anything positive through it or trying to work through it, they kind of stay in the victim mentality, mm -hmm. right? So have you run across those types of women as well? For sure. Um, for sure. And, and one thing that maybe uh, makes it so natural for me is that... Um, I don't judge anybody. Like, yeah. I actually, one of my, one of my main beliefs and if I, now I can articulate it is I actually believe that everyone's doing the best they can all the time. Right. So even that woman who's yelling at the drive through lady because she made a mistake with her coffee, <laughs> like that's the best she can give at that time. So because I have no judgment right. for women, um, I can, I can, 
I can take, you know, the women that maybe um, come to camp and they're upset at the bare bones cottage that they're sleeping in, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and I, I can take that because I, I get it. Like, I know in other way, different ways, shapes or form, like, I get it, you know, like, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, it turns out you're bunking with the woman who's speaking on Saturday night about, um, you know, surviving breast cancer. <laughs> okay, it's not so bad, you know. So I really believe that everyone is doing their best at all the time. So if those women are portraying the victim, um, that's coming from somewhere. Yeah, of right. Course. So I'm able to give them space maybe or non-judgment to, to, to just ride that journey. Well, because it kind of comes back to the whole philosophy around like, you don't know the other person's story. You don't know what it is they're going through. You don't know the things that have happened to them that morning, the morning before, 10 days before in their life. So it's true. Like if you can walk through life being judgment free, imagine how much better we'd be, especially as females, because I find lately, you know, there's been a lot of talk about mom shaming, female shaming, and why are we so judgmental of our gender? Yeah. When, you know, yeah. I think what you said is best, like they're doing the best they can. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really kind of do believe that and kind of stripping away a woman's roles and her hair and makeup and her best clothes at camp at fall fit. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I don't find that. I know what you mean about the judgment uh, in this fast paced world too, in yeah. social media and all this stuff, but you strip all that away at camp and I find you get a higher level of acceptance at, at a venue like Fall Fit, which I think, like I said, one of the quotes, uh, okay, I don't think you heard me say this one, but this weekend, but allowing another person to experience their own journey is a supreme act of love. Yeah. And I think that is what I'm trying to create at Fall Fit. And it's at a camp on purpose. Yeah. Right? It's not at, <laughs> not at a five it's not resort. resort on purpose because... Whether um, you are upset at the bare bones cottage or the two inch thick mattress or, or that it rains on Saturday or that it rains on Saturday or that you don't know everyone in your cabin or that you're trying CrossFit for the first time and you are scared or one woman um, is a terrible swimmer and she did war canoe race just to let go of control yep. so that other people are paddling her and if she falls in, she's probably a goner, but she wants to kind of let let that go. And there's so many different stories, but in all cases, some, most women are going outside their comfort zone for some reason, whether it be trying a new class yeah, or just the, um, not knowing what's for lunch. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, there, yeah. Yeah. There are people that need to know all the details. Big yeah. time. So I think it's really good for us to step away from that. And you don't see a lot of phones out at the event either because there's not great service. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not intentional. <laughs> the service, but but that's a that's a huge uh, comfort zone thing for some women. Yeah, I believe you know. So I went to Peru um, about two years ago, and yeah. I did Machu Picchu. Yes, and so that you hike forty two kilometers in four days, and you go up to I think it's forty two or forty four hundred meters. Yeah. You want to talk about no cell service, right? Like there's nothing. But the greatest thing I had learned from that because of running an online business, I was connected 24 seven. And so the great thing about doing that type of journey was it taught me it's okay to disconnect Mm -hmm. and I don't always have to be turned on and I don't always have to be available. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saving lives. I'm not saving the world. Things will be okay. And so the great thing at the camp is it's the same thing. Like the service isn't that great. It's actually probably more frustrating to try to use it, so why bother, yes. right? And yeah. also, it's about living in the moment and enjoying the moment. Yes, it's true. You know? I find in today's society, like, I had a friend who came over to my house. She's like, hey, let's catch up. Let's have a glass of wine. I'm like, okay, sure. And so we're sitting there, we're chatting, and the entire time we're talking, she's on her phone. And wow. I think, are you here to hang out and chat with me? Mm-hmm. Or is it that you're escaping your house with your kids and your husband? Yeah. And why are you on your phone when we should just be living in the now? You know? Yeah, especially when it was a catch-up session. Yeah, and so many people are so guilty of that, right? Like, that's just one example. Yes. But you could go out to even a huge event, and you see people stuck with their nose in their phone. Yes. It's true. And it's true in so many different, on so many different levels in a woman's life, even, you know, being behind the camera, watching your child, 
like, can you put down the phone and make a memory in your, in your head rather than on, you know, camera? but I agree hundred percent and I'm guilty of it sometimes too, for sure. Right. Um, but I, I really am. And my business, I took on a business partner for the event side of things cause they got too big. Lorianne, who's amazing. Yep. And uh, she laughs at me. She says, you really are just where you are. <laughs> I can never get you. <laughs> And it's, and it's really true. Like I'm here with you right now. And so I really want to be present for that. Now, definitely shout out to, um, 10 hours a week. I work for a psychologist Oh wow! in town. He's a cognitive behavioral psychologist and just all the things that I've had inklings of over the years. He's like, yeah, you're right. You know, all about acceptance and, and being present and mindfulness yeah. and all that stuff. And so he's definitely rubbed off on me, uh, in knowing that, yeah, it's okay if you're, Sometimes it feels you're going against the grain. Yes. You know, yeah. 100% not being on social media as much or not being um, attached to your phone. It, it, people definitely have um, criticized me for Sure, of but, course. But I just am where I am. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the problem is, I think it's like people all now are looking for instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like if someone texts you, they think you should respond right away because it's the most important thing that's happening in your day. Yeah. And it's like... But maybe I'm in a meeting or maybe I'm at an event or yes. maybe I have a deadline and I have to get something done yeah. so I can't respond right now. Yeah. Away. So I think that's a big thing in women's life. And in our first Mexico trip, that came up huge. We had a daily soul session with Vanessa and um, probably every day women said that um, social media basically makes them feel bad. Oh, Almost every time. Wow. Like there was a lot of negative, just it makes me feel bad, you know, and they know that you know, it shouldn't. Yeah. Like they're definitely, you know, um, successful, um, spiritual, you know, physical, mentally fit, generally women, but they still say, you know, it makes me feel bad. So Did they say what it is about it that makes um, me feel bad. Mainly the thing was that, you know, when they're in their life and they feel that sense of overwhelm or the to-do list is too long, you hear that so much, you know, they're not good enough at their workouts. They're not good enough at, at parenting. They're not good enough wives. They're not good enough um, eating healthy. That was a big one that came up. Uh, when they see an image on social media, whether it be a friend or not, uh, it makes them feel bad because that gives them the feeling that that woman has it all together. Oh, yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I, I actually just saw this really funny video that I'll also post on the blog, but it someone put it together and it's about um, Instagram versus real life. And so That's it funny. shows a girl who's like taking, it's a Friday night. It shows a girl <laughs> taking a picture of her heels and posting Friday night, girls night out. <laughs> and then it shows a picture of her on the couch eating ice cream yeah. right out of the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think the biggest thing that people need to understand is that, yeah, some people are very authentic on their social media and they are saying exactly what is happening in their life. But let's be honest, they're also probably just showing the good parts. Yeah. Right? For sure. And some people aren't. Like some people do want to project and portray that they have this amazing life. Well, maybe deep down inside it's not. Yeah. And, Which and is just, sad. And knowing that every woman's journey is not perfect yeah. and will help you in that too. But I mean, I definitely love social media for business and, and connections that way. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, this is kind of a new thing that's evolved is, um, and I don't know if I, I shared this with you before, but so we got, we got to a place where women, we know women are kicking ass, Yeah. right? They're leading companies. We're going to have a woman president, let's hope. Um, we are, um, we're kicking ass like fitness wise, right? Look at these CrossFit women. Look at, you know, the, the women that are finding such peace and spirituality in their yoga. Like, uh, we are kicking it. We're doing it all now. So yeah. now we know we can do it. We're start women entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. They're, they're leaving secure jobs to go start their dream business and it's happening and they're, they're succeeding. It's like, oh, amazing. But they're still reporting a sense of not being good enough and that overwhelm and that crazy lifestyle that, that is just that inkling. And so I am thinking that, okay, we already know we can kick ass. That's not a question. We already know our dreams can come true. We can live our dreams. Done. Yeah. But why are we still not satisfied? So I think there's a reflection piece missing. So as Fall Fit has evolved, 
we've added some more programs that are a little bit more reflective. Yes. Yep. And that's why Spring Fit Mexico came about. It's way more reflective. There's the fitness piece for sure. But, um, you know, there's a, there's kind of a healthy mind platter that you can find in psychology and two out of seven things from the healthy mind, I probably completely did not have in my life in my thirties. So what is in the healthy mind? How many things are there? There's seven. There's sleep. Okay. We got that. I mean, and actually that's a big topic of conversation right now is this whole sleep thing. So, but let's just say we sleep. Um, physical time, which is our workouts. We've got that. Women are working out like crazy. We see it. Uh, there's focus time. That's our work. Yep. So that's our life's work where you're concentrating on a goal oriented task. Um, play time where you're just being silly and spontaneous. And we definitely add that at fall fit. We had, um, grade six gym class with, uh, Mrs. Clark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it was a grade six gym class is what we had as, as the program. So that used your play time. I don't have a lot of that, but maybe when I was in my thirties, I did cause I was playing with the kids, but the two that were missing were downtime and time in. Downtime is, and I introduced these at FallFit this year, and we had a conversation about it at Spritzer Hour. That's that's what Spritzer Hour was. So downtime is no focus, no plan, nothing. Yep. Not even reflecting, just nothing. So we likened that to watching um, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that too, sister. <laughs> okay. So some, one woman said like, yeah, how come I feel guilty when I sit down and throw on, you know, my guilty pleasure bachelor in paradise? And another woman called her out on it and said, stop calling it your guilty pleasure. Does my husband call his Sunday football games guilty pleasure? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure. It just has to be downtime where you can sit there and kind of smile at the fact like, I've got laundry to fold. <laughs> I've got stuff to do, but I'm right now I'm just sitting here. And I've added that a little bit in my life over the past two years. And then time in is the reflection piece. So, or um, a mindfulness piece. Right. It doesn't have to be reflection. And um, being present and just even 10 deep breaths. Done. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be, you know. So it's, it's like saying to a woman, you know how we all say oh, our plate is so full? And, and we had a comedian at FallFit that used yeah, to joke about right. that. Yeah. But now I'm saying your, your plate's not full enough. You need to get rid, like... I mean, some women, and you know some of them, and I'm guilty of this for sure, is, you know, a third of my plate was physical. I mean, yes. I love to work out. I could literally work out and then go for a jog and then go to yoga class. Like, we're talking that's five hours of your day. Yeah. But, you know, and then work all day and then, you know, it's rush, rush, rush. And maybe only three things were on my plate. But to have it all and to maybe to find some semblance of peace and so that it's okay if the to-do to do list doesn't matter and it's okay if you miss a workout or it's okay if you fail, um, you know, at your parenting journey or you feel like a failure one day because you, you're a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Um, so that's just a new thing for me that um, I thought women needed to take time out, just be with their friends, drink wine and work out like fiends. <laughs> and now I think, oh, wait, okay, we're, you know, we're doing that. And then we're kicking ass in the work world as well. And and okay, but we're still feeling like, well, do you, you know, know why? Okay. So me. there's two comments I have around everything that you just said, which yeah. I love. Um, so one is, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? No. Okay. So imposter syndrome is basically when a person who is an expert at what they do deep down inside feels like they're going to be discovered for being a fraud. Okay. Even though there is evidence it, that they are amazing what they do. They could be the top of their field, but deep down inside, they still don't believe it. Yes. And so guess who suffers the most from this? Yeah. High performing women. Yes. hundred percent. Type A, high performing women. Most of them have imposter syndrome and there's lots of stuff that people can find on the internet about it. Yeah. But that's one thing I think. Um, And then the other thing is, I don't know if you have noticed this or not, but um, when we're talking about mindfulness, Meditation now has become a huge trend. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Yes. And even though it's something that some people have been doing for a very long time, whether they're doing it through yoga or on their own, I would say in the last two, three years, more and more people are starting to meditate. Mm-hmm. Do you meditate? Yeah. Like um, I used to wake up and just go, like roll out of bed, go. There's the list, go do it. And now I wake up much slower and I for me, what works is... Five 
really long, deep breaths. Uh-huh. And I always, or 10 if I, yeah. it, it, and I don't beat myself up if it's only five. <laughs> and I don't even beat myself up anymore if I forget. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do that too. But um, the first breath's the hardest. You're oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, I think so. It's like, okay, what are we doing? You know, that wasn't very, I can't get a deep breath that first one. But by the fifth or the tenth, it's like there's a switch in your brain. And whatever you end up getting done that day has to be enough. Yeah. You know, and it always brings a, a kind of a smile to my face. Okay, got to say the word Oprah, don't we? If we yeah. <laughs> so, so Oprah, uh, she said... Um, what works for her, she shared one time years ago, She'll if she's feeling overwhelmed and she'll go into a bathroom stall wherever she is and she'll take 10 deep breaths and she can't finish the 10 deep breaths without kind of a smile coming to her face, no matter what's going on. Oh, that's on. amazing. And I do think there's something to that. And that is a form of meditation. Yeah. Um, and we've had meditation at our events and we had it in Mexico and we did a candlelight one in Mexico at the end of the day in the dark. Wow. That would be amazing. It was our, our instructor facilitator, Sylvie was phenomenal because she explained it first and then no one was beating themselves up for the racing brain. Cause that's just normal. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was pretty good. So, okay. So let's go back okay. to your story. We did digress a little bit. Yeah, so that's okay. It's all interesting. <laughs> um, so you were doing the fall fit. Yeah. And then when did you decide to do Mighty Girls and what was the driver yeah. behind that? Um, so our mantra for fall fit over the first four years was strong women ensuring the next generation of strong women because I was donating um, the Friday night raffle proceeds to this group called Swig Talk, which is strength within girls group. And I'm not sure it's as active anymore. And then what I realized was, okay, I feel pretty good about just offering what I offer to women to have them maybe open their eyes to, to adding something more positive in their life or, or taking what they need from life when they return. But now we're not going to be here forever. We were, there's another generation. So I thought, shoot, we better work on the next generation, right? Like what if they could learn some lessons a little earlier that we didn't or right. something? What if we could make a safe, sp- safe space for the, the younger girls or the next generation to take what they need too? And I have a daughter and I have nieces and, and I just thought it's a natural progression. So I took what I liked from Fall Fit and created uh, the Mighty Girls program, which is obviously a safe place for just girls to get together and explore um, comfort zones with physical fitness, creativity, and mindfulness. And so how often do you run that? Well, we have one camp a year, uh, which is a sleepover camp. And then we'll go into schools or a team may want... It's, it is a bonding experience because yeah. anytime you go outside your comfort zone with a group of people, you're bonded for life, yeah. right? <laughs> so true. And it's the same reason why 911 services are their team. They're, they're quite right. bonded or the army, you know, that you go through something awful together, like a CrossFit workout, um, you're bonded. It's too, too bad. Those I'm are never, great. I would describe those great, not awful. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> great and awful. So, um, okay. So yeah, so I go into schools or a team may hire us and say, would you run your Mighty Girls program for our team? Because there is a sense of, of them bonding, but really, um, the Mighty Girls camp, what I love about it, it's not, it's, we usually target age 10 to 17. Yep. Um, those girls are on iPads and phones and our events, obviously at camp, we don't allow it. Um, and, uh, there's often no mirrors. Like there's no time to look in mirrors. I find mirrors are tricky for that age group now. I mean, we were so lucky to grow up when we did. Yeah. I mean, I was basically a tomboy until I was 16, but I was too, but actually I think till 30. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's so different. So I can't pretend to know everything that they need, but I do know that, a weekend away from the pressures. They talk about these pressures. School, holy cow, the extracurriculars. And if they happen to be in competitive sports, like competitive, I was on rep soccer and I don't remember being overwhelmed by it as a, as a kid. You know what? I don't remember that either. No, no. You and did it for enjoyment though. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember ever struggling, balancing um, home, school, work, sports, social media pressures. Okay, add that on to their list. But they they struggle with it and um, different family dynamics nowadays yeah. too. And um, they talk about it. Like we talk about this pizza box. And I say, fill the pizza box with everything in your life. And I just open the box and we just 
throw it in. Okay, yeah, that's in there too. And and what are the things that are on your plate kind of thing? And then we do this thing where we juggle the pizza box. And anyway, it's kind of a figurative game. Yeah. And I can't believe the things that come up with, you know, you know, raise your hand. Yeah, Sarah. And she'll be like, dealing with grief. You know, it's like, you know, because so we, do we check in with them enough? I'm not sure. Life is fast. Yeah. Like parents, every a home life is fast. School, um, do students get the same amount of attention that we used to get from teachers? I don't know. Um, but are they connecting enough? Like I was very connected yeah, to my so teachers. Yeah. And I don't know if teachers have that time to connect with each student anymore. Time or desire? Both, yes, yeah. for some. Like, which is why you opened with the teacher <laughs> comment, hundred percent. Like, I, I thought when I was going back to work, I should do the responsible thing and become a teacher. Just go to teachers' college, get my degree. I'll have a pension. I'll be off with the kids. But you know what? I would have hated it. Yeah. So I'm really glad. Do you know why you would have hated it? Why? Well, <laughs> oh yes, I do. I do. Because what I did was I worked in the school for a year to see if I liked it, and I found it such a big, unchangeable, rigid system. And I thought. Oh, I like to be creative and I like to, let's do this and have it done the next day. And no, it's, it's such a administrative bureaucracy. It frustrated me. So, um, yeah, I would have been a horrible teacher, I guess, but uh, (laughs) you wouldn't have been a horrible teacher, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so the mighty girls and it worked and, and the, of course the moms like it. Right. But the, the girls were liking it and asking for more and, um, and it was just as nice, safe, same reason for the women, only there's no wine at the Mighty Girls events. Yeah. <laughs> Slushies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then uh, I like that. And I like I like the whole idea of Mighty Girls. Yeah. And then you decided to do Spring Fit. What drove you to do that? You thought, oh, I need to have more on that plate. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so two years ago, uh, when Lorianne came on board, we had, you know, the first year that it was like 350 women, which was probably a hundred women more than normal that I had let in just from, um, logistics and planning standpoint. And we really pushed the envelope there. And, uh, on Sunday morning at brunch, I looked, I was addressing the crowd and I looked and over in the corner, I saw this woman, Kate, who's from my community. And in my head, I was like, I didn't even know you were here the whole weekend. Cause normally I had had a conversation with every single person there to check in. Right. And I looked at her Sunday morning and in my head I thought, I, I can't, I can't get my message to everyone if there is a message or I can't te- like connect or just make sure have that touch point. So it's not that anymore. Of course I've let go of that for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's when I realized. And then I wanted, I just noticed what I was talking about earlier is that women, okay, we've given them this space that sometimes women just spend the whole weekend just going crazy with their girlfriends, which is awesome. Because if that's what you need, that's awesome. But more and more women were explaining to me that they were kicking ass in most areas of their life, but they still felt something was missing or they weren't enough or um, unfulfilled in some way. And so I thought, well, we've, well, if we can get you to a place that's a little bit more intimate and introspective, could that possibly, like the plate, same right. thing. So basically... I thought we need to get away. We'll just get away and then slowly try and think about how we can implement that back into our lives when we return. And Mexico is not a shishi massive uh, machine of a resort. It's like a 40 room. I really searched for this place, a 40 room, um, kind of like a surfer type, uh, resort that has everything you need and it's super spotless. And, um, we're really welcoming with us in terms of what I wanted to do. And so they, they were great. And, um, we added a daily soul session. So the thing about Mexico too, is you just get the schedule under your door and you can go to all of it. None of it. You don't have to sign up for anything. Oh, so the frantic sign up situation at Fallfit is just a, a product of the amount of women that are there. Right. And it causes stress in some women, hundred percent, the signups. So let's take that away. And, you know, um, Take like, take what you need, like, you know, laying on your beach chair, reading your book, rolling over. Oh, I see there's Pilates at two. I think I'll go. Or I think I won't. (laughs) So there was really, um, like you had autonomy over what you needed to do. And there was definitely a lot of space and peace and quiet to decide what it is you were meant to do. Like, don't get dragged to boot camp if you don't want to go. Right. In fact, the very first day we had this massive big group boot camp and two women drank a bottle of champagne on their beach chairs while they watched us do, because that's what they really wanted to do. Right. And, and it was great. 
and, and it was great. And then we had these do not disturb bracelets that we gave out and we introduced them on the first night and we're like, you know, cause sometimes at fall fit, maybe you're taking a walk in the woods by yourself, but some woman says, Hey, come with me to boot camp. It'll be really fun. I'm going, come, come, come. And you're kind of like, all right. But then what if you really needed that walk in the woods? So yeah. We really wanted the do not disturb bracelet in Mexico because some women might have been on margarita time. Well, another woman was actually really doing some soul searching on the beach. So if I'm laying there doing some soul searching and she comes up to me and says, hey, you know, margarita time or whatever, but I'm not in my margarita time yet. So we had these bracelets and women use them. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. That's such a good idea. It was good. And it wasn't done in a hokey way. Like nobody overused it. Yeah. But you really, I was, I took a 10 minute closed my eyes on the beach one day and I heard women walking on the beach and I heard them say, Oh, there's Kim. And their voices were getting closer. And then one woman said, stop, is she wearing a bracelet? <laughs> and I wasn't, but I thought that was really res- to respect another person's journey. Yeah. Right. Um, so we had Ann and I did the fitness portion and created the space. And then we had a facilitator do the soul sessions, which was the mindfulness piece. And the reflective piece, and it was fun as hell. Yeah. Um, she's a great facilitator, best one I've ever seen facilitate a group, and she's focusing her business on women. And then we had a yoga piece. And the yoga piece was um, a type of yoga I've never done. It wasn't um, like power yoga, or it was just, it felt like legit yoga. <laughs> like, I'm like, how can I go back to Canada in this watered down yoga? It, it was good. It was body, mind, and soul. And the women, the, yeah, it's true. I love that legit yoga. Legit. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but um, like it wasn't yoga for fitness, physical fitness. It was yoga for your whole, like, everything Entire, fitness. Yeah, yeah, right. But so that was good. And of course, beautiful setting and um, just honoring each. It wasn't uh, tight schedules. Uh, you didn't have to eat meals together. Right. You could do your own thing or you could. It, yeah. it was really open. So when you're looking at all the different components that you've created to your business, um, what part of it, I think I know the answer to this, but what part of it do you like the most? Oh, Oh gosh. Well, I really like to plan events for people that they have a good time. I think when I look back, I'm always that person who Google searched the crap out of, you know, the best magician for a birthday party or like, (laughs) you know, like I love to plan an event. Um, I know that my favorite part now at the events is sitting back and watching things unfold, watching a woman's journey. I can, we can see Lorianne and I, um, attention on say the first night of an event and how it takes a whole arc and how some women look, feel, act completely different at the end of the experience because they've gone through the uncomfortable part. They've stuck it out and now they're reaping the reward at the end of the journey. Right. Um, so I stepping back and watching people definitely, um, there's a comedy piece to our biggest weekend and I know how stressed women are to get to fall fit because I get some hilarious emails <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I'm like, bring it on. I, I gotcha. Right. Of just the millions of reasons why they can or cannot go and what they're dealing with right now. And, and it's hard to get away for some women yeah. for the weekend. And then to see maybe that same face, just like peeing her pants, laughing on Friday night, forgetting the fact that she even traveled that day is like a total highlight for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so what did you think it was going to be? Um, well, I thought it was definitely going to be the people piece. Oh yeah. Like dealing and interacting with people. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that connection. Like I always say, um, so I'm not an animal lover and I'm slightly (laughs) sheepish about it because I think people that are animal lovers have a higher level of empathy, but I've always had a really high level of empathy. So maybe that's why, but I love humans. Like I generally do. So if I'm not a judgy person, like I have lots of faults, but if one of my good things is I don't, I've never felt the need to judge people and and, and actually someone called me on it um, back in the day. They said, don't you just look through, at the world through these rose-colored glasses, um, don't you? And and it, for a second, especially because I was younger, it definitely made me question myself. But, I mean, if it brings me joy and um, <laughs> if it makes life a whole lot more peaceful yeah. and you can connect with more people and allow people to be who they are, then screw it. I, I Sorry, I do feel that way. 
But um, humans, I love humans and yes, human connection and uh, having a real conversation, walking away from a conversation thinking, hey, that was a real connection. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just like, how's the weather? But that's what I also love about Fall Fit. So even for example, the last Fall Fit, all the women that are in our cabin, like two of them have emailed me already. We're going to get together and you know, I love chatting with them and I'm looking forward to it. Whereas if you just do something where it's like, hi, here's my business card. See you later. Yeah. Like to me, that's not, um, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. Right? Whereas when you actually meet people and interact and you make the choice, like, actually, I do want to see that person. Again, yeah. And they're very interesting. Yeah, right? for sure. And yeah. I also think, you know, and you love what you do. And, and I'm thinking of a couple of the people you might be talking about that were at Fall Fit. Uh, the business women and they seem to love what they do. And again, yeah. not that you love every day and every aspect, but you do love what you do. It's just going to be natural to, yeah. to enjoy that person. You yeah. Know? That's because right. it's really coming out of just, just authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, um, you know, and I have seen this before uh, many times where you can spot the people who are just like looking for more business or yeah. figuring out how they can leverage you or what they can get off of you and like for me, I don't know about you, but I can spot those people now. Okay. I'm well, yeah, away, you're a pro, right? You've been doing like, this for a long time. Especially yeah. with trade shows yes. and stuff. Yeah. And like for me, I don't have time for that. No. You know what? I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're about. Yeah. But it's got to be reciprocal and it has to be like meaningful in some way. Yeah, I agree. Right? Um, I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. You're going to love this one. <laughs> Did you see it? Well, it's bolded. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Rapid. No, we're not doing rapid fire yet. Um, so, you know, Kim, since the moment I met you, I've just felt this connection. I was like, I want to get together. I can't wait. And, you know, you are always so positive. And you kind of mentioned this before, um, that not every day is that great. Yeah. And so in your life, have there been things that have kind of gotten you down and if there have, what have you used in order to kind of get through it? Is there a person mm. you lean on or something that you do to create a mental shift? Yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about that. The first thing when you said person to lean on. Yeah. So I'm, I am an enthusiastic person, right? So um, with the highs, I mean, some days it's, it's a low day, sure. right? And uh, I happen to be married to someone who is just even. <laughs> <laughs> You can't get them up or down. Yeah. So it, that it sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I was going to say. Personality-wise, he's just very, um, I always say the word solid yeah. to his his family. Um, so I've been lucky to have that um, in my life for sure. Uh, uh, but again, like I, I, my favorite person in the world was, and I guess it still is my dad, but he's passed away. But he really, I'm not just saying that because he's my one parent that has passed away. He really was my favorite person in the world and, and continues to be, and I'm probably most like him. But, um, so he passed away when I was pregnant with my first. Um, and I had never, uh, and I, none of my friends had really been around uh, loss. Like it was kind of our first experience with loss. And so that was super, super hard because I always, like I wanted to be just like him, sure. you know, um, Family dynamics when I was young, like a couple of traumatic things might have happened to me that always made me, always I had this sense of um, gratefulness for like the good days and also that shit can, shit's going to happen yeah. and that you're going to get through it anyway. Um, so definitely choosing a partner that is pretty even keeled, but I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't, I didn't think of that when I was 23 getting married, 23 getting married. What the hell? Someone like that. Yeah, I, I didn't, but I, it's, um, so that's helped of course. And, um, I did have great parents that raised me. So, um, I've always, you know, not, not really asked. I'm as kind of a simple person. I, I don't ask. For a lot in in life, where I don't need a lot, yeah. Um, I always say where there is where there isn't a lot, there you will always find plenty. Sure, kind of thing. Um, so it's funny. Sometimes I sit on my back deck and I look around and I'm like, well, you asked for it, right? <laughs> like I envisioned myself in a house kind of like the one I grew up in, with a at the end of a court, with a husband kind of like the husband I have. <laughs> Um, I always said I wanted someone very protective and he's not protective, but he's a police officer. So, and his name means protector. Like this is, 
that is little crazy. kid stuff. That's but crazy. you know, three kids, you know, and I, and I'm not just saying anything could turn my world upside down tomorrow. And, and I do, and that there's the gratefulness piece. Right. So it's like, um, but some days I don't get anything done. Yeah. Right. And, and if I, I read a neat quote, um, some days all, all you will need to, all you can do is breathe or something and, or, and don't be, don't beat yourself up about that. Well, this is a day where I'm just laying low. Yeah. Right. And other days yesterday, (laughs) I got shit done. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, woo, we got, yeah. yeah." But you have to be okay with that. Especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other thing they say about the life of an entrepreneur, especially if you're a solopreneur, like you at least have Lori that you work with, with the events events, and stuff, but you can have some very, very dark days because, you think things are going a certain way and then they don't and you don't necessarily have a business partner or a team or someone to talk to about it. So you kind of take all that on yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true for sure. So with uh, your journey, what has been the best thing that has happened? Um, well, for sure the best thing, and this is kind of a boring answer (laughs) is that, I can take my kids to, I've created a space where I can take my kids to school. I can go to their after school sports because now they're in high school. Um, I can drive them to work and I can tuck them in. Yeah. And that really, okay, I have, you know, goals in business, but that was, I re- like I said, you asked for this. I, I really wanted to be a mom and I really wanted to be home for them. Right. And I know there's lots of different scenarios that work for other people, but um, in terms of connection and hey, the world is nut bar and it's crazy <laughs> and it's fast paced. So in terms of creating like a dinner table and I don't care if we sit for three minutes and eat, I don't care if it's three minutes, but we're going to do it. And the, the fact that I can do that yeah. um, and still do work that I love, I'm, I'm so happy about that. Um, well, I think the dinner table thing is really important actually. Yeah, and I think it's so. it's unfortunate that a lot more families can't it's manage gone. that. Yeah. Because you learn a lot at the dinner table. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's gone. We don't we don't get to do it every day, but most yeah. days and I, it is I am kind of a freak about it. I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, definitely I'm kind of a freak about Should it. Should ask your kids their opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's different. But you know, even if I can just say to them, you know, our thing is usually like, what was your high of the day? What was your low of the day? Boom. Okay. Eat. Good. We sat. I know good and bad. And and that's the other thing. And um is is making room for the bad too. So um, women and entrepreneurs, like of course, yeah, you can always work and climb and work and climb and work and climb and it might never be enough. Like if I only get, if I get through this week, okay, then I can be okay next week. Okay, I just got to get through that show or I just got to get through this and it'll be okay after that. And I used to live like that for sure um, and I don't as much anymore, thank gosh. Uh, But what I was going to say was that to make room for the bad too because you know when people say, oh, I just want to be happy? Yeah. Unattainable. Good luck with that. Yeah. Because the world is going to throw things at you that for sure aren't going to be filled with happiness. It's true. And I used to say that to my kids. I've screwed up my kids because, <laughs> mom, what should I be when I grow up? Right? Think of little kids that say that. And I would always say, I just want you to be happy. So I've just given them an unattainable goal, life goal. <laughs> but I don't think that's unattainable. Right. I think it's a choice. Yes. Okay, true. Happiness. Right, it I is. Because even, is but even in the midst of negativity and, and unhappiness. But you and have loss. the choice on how to overcome that. Yeah. To get back to where yeah. you should be. Yeah, there's two right. ways. Yeah. I do, and people might get mad about this. Yeah. But I do believe, because, and I'll tell you, I've done a lot of work this year. Yes. Our biggest problem your... around happiness is our own thoughts internally. Yes. And so if you have a record player that's going on in your head yeah. and it's making you unhappy, you need to change the record. Yeah. And they're just thoughts. Right. It's that's not who right. you are. I know. Yes. Yeah. I always, I, yeah. I, I read a neat thing. Like if you picture your thoughts as um, they're on boats on a river and just watch them sail away because there's going to be more. Yeah. But just don't, don't jump on the boat. Yeah. Right. Just, just watch them and smile at them. Oh, look at you're nervous because you're about to do this and oh look you're you're upset because of this and but right so yeah. being aware of it instead of being it yes maybe yeah in that way so you're making room for the uncomfortable but you're still choosing yeah happiness or you're, listen content. we both know there's always going to be good things that happen and bad yeah. things that happen and 
how you are able to cope with the bad things and kind of move through it is what helps you become a better person Mm -hmm. or a person who's able to deal with even more challenges as they come along. Yeah. Because the sad truth is generally in most people's journey, they face larger challenges as they get older. Yes. Because when you're young, nothing is a big deal. Are you kidding me? Like if I were to go back to when I was like traveling in Asia and some of the (laughs) stupid stuff that I did, if my mom knew, oh my God, I'd be in so much trouble. She's going to know now. But it's that whole thing of like, but I learned so much from those mistakes that I made. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, so now that uh, we've looked at the best thing that has happened, what do you think is one of the most difficult or challenging things that has happened? Wow, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. So, um, hmm. Okay, I'll just say the first thing that came to mind. So, working at um, a job or a career that I've created that I love so much, um, I do it at my home, right? Yeah. So uh, where it may seem to my family that I'm online surfing the web for four hours. (laughs) That's what everyone thinks when you say you work from home. Right? (laughs) I'm actually sitting there doing work. Or even if I'm researching who is my impactful special guest going to be next year, that may take me a few hours. So yes, having the kids say, even though I've created the balance and I'm home, having the kids say... Mom, when are you going to get off the computer when I'm so big on connection and home life and stuff? And I'm like, well, what do you think I'm doing here? Just like surfing the web for fun, you know, shopping online. Um, so that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to watch that. So um, when I was really in the throes of, yeah, the events getting bigger and, and Tilly and launching that, for sure, there was some evening work for sure. But I've, I've got to get better. Like I said, it's not the end of the world uh, if you know, you don't change the world and, and you, your sales aren't a million dollars in a yeah. year. If I can keep my business day to, um, you know, nine to five or whatever it is and keep my evenings free, um, then that, that, that is better for our family because, sure. uh, I want to give my energy to what they've got going on right now too. Yeah, yeah of course. They're going to be course. gone soon. <laughs> They're going to be gone soon. But it was definitely the... Then imagine what you'll do. Yeah. So so it was definitely like choosing to stay home and work. Because sometimes I would be up late, you know, put the cabin list for Fall Fit was 11 hours straight. Okay. What? I sat in that chair right there. I'm like, I'm sure I have blood clots in my legs. <laughs> but 11 hours, you know, so that was the whole night gone. Don't talk to mommy, right? And um, so sometimes I would question myself and I would say, the questioning of yourself, and I would say, why didn't I just become a teacher? I would have been home right now. Yeah. I would have had the summers off with you. I would have, I would have, it would have been the responsible thing to do. But I'm still happy with my decision, but just that questioning. Yeah. No. Because your home is at, your work is at home. Yeah. yeah. But you, don't you find because your work is at home, you also never get away from it? Yeah. That, and that can be that whole, um, you know, thing where you fill your head with, I should be, I could be working right now. Yeah. Right? I could be doing this right now. Oh, I should be doing this. So just trying to find space for that. That tension will always be there and it's okay if maybe you don't get to it till later or tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I've actually really learned that because my friends would kind of get, not mad, but they'd be disappointed because they always want to hang out with me. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I have to work. And it's yeah. like, how can you have so much work to do? But when you're an entrepreneur, there's always a hundred ideas that you want to work on. Yeah. And that's what we're so passionate about. Yeah. But when you work from home, you also don't necessarily step away from it as frequently as you should, right? Yeah, like any business owner, right? Like yeah. Like even talk about uh, people that have their own businesses that are actual establishments outside of their home. Like they can be there all day, all night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pulling themselves right. away. Yeah. Balance. I used to think I wanted to have like a bar or a restaurant, but now I'm like, that'd be the worst business. To yeah, have. I think so. I think <laughs> so. Fun, but. <laughs> so I want to be respectful of your time. So now I just have a couple of like rapid fire questions. Okay. So the questions are quick. Yes. Your answer can be as long as you want it to be. Okay. Um, so what is one thing that your mom or your dad always told you? Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind? One. So you're going to speak to the CEO of a company the same way you're going to speak to a homeless person on the street. Yeah. Yeah. That was from my dad. He would rather probably speak to the 
the homeless guy on the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be more interesting, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. The CEO is way too polished. Yeah. They have all the right answers, shiny. right? Yeah, yeah they're, they're a bit shiny. <laughs> that's interesting because I have the same characteristic. I actually had someone once who'd said to me, um, wow, you treat everyone the exact same. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, why would I treat why? them differently? I know. I you agree. Know, like, yeah. And it's unfortunate because there are people that, that do choose to treat people differently. Yes. But that's really good, actually. Yeah. That's very good. Um, oh. What is the craziest or funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, my goodness. Crazy. It could be something like someone just comes up to you and says something, and you're like, why, why would they say that to me? <laughs> One of the crazy things, I find a lot of... Um, Freaky things happen to me sometimes, but I think it's because I'm paying more attention. Yes. Which is so cool. Like, just example, last year after Fall Fit, I secretly said in my head, it's time that a major fitness brand get on board with us and help us support women. Two months later, Reebok called. You know, like, there's just many different things that have happened to me. But this house, so we moved into this house in 2005, and we knew we wanted to be in this neighborhood at the end of a court backing onto the park. And, um, so back in the day, uh, you know, it was a private sale. So we came and looked at it, put in an offer. We were all nervous. I think Randy was at work, my husband, and I was driving and I just didn't know if it was the right decision. Cause again, I'm not a risk taker. <laughs> so we were moving, like we were, you know, increasing the value of our home, which meant our mortgage would be bigger and I'm not a risk taker. So that would definitely make me nervous. And I just didn't know if it was the right thing. If there's, Because we weren't using a real estate agent, too, to guide us on our offer. And I felt nervous about that. And I was driving home after dropping off the offer. And I just wasn't sure if it was the right thing. It, it just, there wasn't that certainty. And um, our at that time, we had a Mazda MPV minivan that the radio had completely stopped working for a long time. Okay? Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden... I was thinking about it, and all of a sudden the radio clicked on, and one line from my dad's favorite James Taylor song was played, and then it broke again. Come on! Yeah, and it was something like, you'll be okay, or, um... Are you kidding? I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the lyric now, but it was a James Taylor lyric, which I grew up on, and it was, everything is going to be okay, and then it broke again. And I was like, I was touching the radio knob going like I got to make it work again and then I realized no it doesn't work so that is crazy that is freaky so then I remember driving home and telling no I think I turned hard left into my mom's street because she lives in Milton and I had to tell her because this was her soulmate right yeah. she would have liked to hear that and I barge in the door I'm like you gotta hear what just happened to me and she was crying oh, anyway no. so just those kind of cre- freaky things yeah. I think they're happening to all of us all the time it's what I agree with you it's whether you pay attention yeah right it's like yeah. I knew on Saturday night I thought oh I'm gonna get a speeding ticket guess what happened I got a speeding ticket <laughs> <laughs> why don't I listen yeah. to myself more often yeah right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> so true <laughs> So, Kim, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really enjoyed this. Me and too. I'm sure after people listen to this, they're going to want to know where to connect with you. So where is the best place to follow you? Like, are you on Twitter? Is it best to look at Instagram? Yeah, well, uh, everything's really under Tilly Shop. So Instagram is Tilly Shop and uh, www.tillyshop.com. And that has all the getaways on it, too, uh, that we offer in the Mighty Girls program and everything. So you can find me there or you can just email me and I will get back to you. Uh, Kim at TillyShop.com. Great. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening. I would love to know what you think. I would love to hear your suggestions and your feedback. So feel free to send me a note, uh, jlewis at janetlewis.com. And I'd love to do more of these. It was fun, uh, but it just depends on if there's any interest. Thanks again. Thanks again.